Hi, welcome to Over Beers, a craft beer conversation. I'm Freddie Clark. In just a few minutes, we've got an interview with Charlie Bachman of Cypress Brewing Company in Edison, New Jersey. He brought up the fact that they've recently started to can their first beer. So I thought a brief history of canning would be a good place to start today. The first beer sold in a can was from the Gottfried Kruger Brewing Company of Newark, New Jersey. 2,000 cans left the brewery in 1933 and headed for Richmond, Virginia. While Kruger beers were popular in the Northeast, they did not want to take a chance with cans in their home markets just in case it wasn't a success. The first cans were flat top, welded seam, heavy gauge tin cans that you needed a sharp object like a church key to punch a hole in. Before that, bottles were the norm, and cans had issues like pressure buildup and a tin taste. These had been solved by a company called Canco, and the beers sold in Virginia were a success. In fact, when asked, the overwhelming majority thought the beer tasted closer to draft beer than the bottles did. In 1935, Kruger released its cream ale in cans to its entire sales base. Cans were quickly adopted by other breweries. Pabst became the first major brewery to can and was closely followed by Schlitz. Within a year, 37 American breweries were releasing cans. Over the next 30 years, cans improved, being made out of aluminum now and including a pull top. By 1969, canned beer outsold bottled beer for the first time. Cans have advantages over bottles. They are lighter, easier to stack, and they don't let the light hit the beer, so it's going to last longer and won't get skunked or light struck. Oddly enough, as it grew in popularity, it also became less respectable and associated with mass market cheap beers. As craft beer began to grow, brewers ignored the can as they looked at it as lower class than bottles. It also hurt canning that lines were more expensive than bottling lines. As time went on, canning lines became more economical. Small craft breweries began to embrace it. In 2002, the Oscar Blues Brewery of Colorado became one of the first to offer a can with their pale ale. And that brings us to our conversation today. Tucked into an industrial park in Edison, New Jersey, is Cypress Brewing Company. Charlie Bachman is their head brewer and one of its owners. Charlie's a very friendly guy, and as you're going to find out shortly, he's not at a loss for words. He poured a flight, and we had a conversation over beers. Uh, I was in wine first Okay. as an adult. As a child, I was into beer. My dad, I grew up in a house with uh, two beers, uh, Guinness Extra Stout in a Bottle, nice. and Ballantine India Pale Ale. That's all my dad drank. Okay. That's considering... That's not too bad. That's, that's 80s. Not, that's not too bad. That's 80s. <laughs> I would always ask him always for a sip, and he would always... So when we would have pizza, he would he would actually have O'Doul's for me okay. so that I could dip the crust in the beer. Because okay. dipping crust, dipping pizza crust in beer is, okay. you know, yeah. something you like to share with your son. Right. Okay. Yes. So my father would uh, get me the O'Doul's and let me let me dip my beer, my, my pizza crust in beer. That's a cool dad. That uh, is a cool dad. Yes, he definitely <laughs> was. And then uh, when I went to high school, I hated beer okay. because it was crap. Right. Um, I played football, and we would have bleacher parties where we would generally run from the cops every Friday and Saturday night uh, after about half hour of partying. But for the first half hour, everybody would drink either whatever keg we could find, which was Coors Light, Miller Light, Bud Light, Bud Ice, Natty. And I hated beer. Like right. The sip of it like made my face twinge, and right. I hated it. So I started bringing booze instead, and I left, I left beer. In high school, I was like, "That's it. I'm done with it. This stuff sucks." Well, that makes sense since you—I mean, you were drinking better stuff 
you know, yes. you're, you're exposed that's to what better I, stuff young. Well, that's what I thought beer yeah. was supposed to taste like. So yeah. I tasted this stuff. I was like, wow, this is garbage. <laughs> right, right. And uh, so then in college, I um, I worked as a I, as a waiter, and I um, I guess I had had a couple of good beers. We had Boddington's Pub uh, Pub Ale on tap and Guinness, and so my roommate and I we started um, we started going out and seeking craft beers. And this is 98. Okay. okay. So some. So but not some, that, but I yeah. mean, most of them were Belgian, German. Um, I was dating a Danish girl at the time, and her mom brought me back a mini keg from Denmark because right. it was it was the 90s. You could still do things like that. You right. could carry stuff on planes, right. which you can't do anymore. Nope. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I got into beer there for a while, and uh, I really enjoyed craft beer. I we actually covered all the walls in my dorm until until we got in trouble and thrown out, and then um, covered them with like what the labels and or? no everything. I had bottles everywhere. Oh, on bottles, all the walls. Okay. We built shelves. We had all the bottles. I mean, there was some Mickey's little hand grenades in there. Okay, that uh, you know didn't deserve to be on the wall, <laughs> but there was some delirium. There was like a whole bunch of interesting stuff. Um, you know, random stuff. We found every flavor of Sam because Sam was the real craft beer back then. That was, yeah. So that, we had every flavor. I had, like, whatever they say, 52 flavors. I had 52 flavors, flavors on the wall. Them. I yep. mean, we made sure to get every one of them. But then um, when I left, I, I left regular um, restaurants and I went into fine dining. So I got into wine for a while. Okay. And uh, for years, I mean, I traveled, I've traveled all over the country drinking wine and making wine lists and I worked in uh, ultra fine dining for a while. Okay. So I had, I mean, expensive wine bottles like in the thousands. I mean, all sorts of stuff. And I got into wine well enough that I was on the radio a couple times for my knowledge of ice wine and different niche wines. Um, It was a good time. And then uh, I took the job at JJ Bidding's Brewing Company in Woodbridge. Yeah, okay. And about my third week there, I was interviewed for a... uh, for something, and I now still doing wine there. No, or, no, no. So now I switched back to beer. You switched back to beer. It's a brewery. With, it's a brewery, right? I was going to yes. say. I, so I switched back, but I was the general manager. I wasn't the brewer. Okay. So um, whoever was interviewing me at the time interviewed me and asked me um, if uh, if I had ever thought about uh, opening my own. And I say, there's about a million to one chance I'll ever want to open my own brewery. And um, <laughs> an internet, an internet regular, Derek Whitaker. I don't know if you know the name. No. But he's he's in all the beer sites. Okay. He, every once in a while, he he posts that little interview of me in a me in a silly yellow <laughs> shirt and being uh, out of craft beer for like I don't know 10, 12 years at that point. Going okay. back in about three weeks fresh. <laughs> And uh, I was like, no, nah, there's a one in a million chance I'll ever do right. it. There's, there's no chance in hell. I, I don't want to do this. And then, uh, like, six years later, sure enough, we opened our own. But um, So what was, I, well, first, never say never, right? Apparently not. <laughs> what was the, so what was the drive then? If, if that was your stance, I'm never doing this, one in a million chance. What, what happened over those six years that, that changed that for you? So I have two partners here, Jason and Bell. And um, Jason was a bartender and my assistant manager there. And uh, we started homebrewing. Okay. Um, I think he homebrewed one time before then. And I had homebrewed once with my father years and years before that. And it tasted like sh- garbage. You can say shit. Okay, That's I, fine. I didn't know if I could curse <laughs> or not. Ahead. Yeah, and it tasted <laughs> like shit. And uh, Jay's apparently did too. So uh, 
Jay and I, I, I think the, I think our, I don't even remember what our first brew was. It was supposed to be an IPA. I don't know what it was though, because it sure wasn't an IPA. <laughs> but uh, it was IPA ish. So it was drinkable and it was alcoholic, and uh, I think I don't even know if I was. I don't even think I was in my thirties yet. I think I was still in my 20s. So, you know, at that point, it was, well, it's beer, and we paid for it, so we're going to drink we're it. drink it, right. So we drank it, and uh, we tried again the next week, and uh, it started a trend. And so that's actually, so that's kind of how we got our name. We used to brew at Jay's house, which is on Cypress Drive. There you go. Now, well, everybody, right. now everybody knows where Jay lives. We, he's still yes. there. <laughs> yes, he still lives there. Okay. And uh, Bill was a later addition in our homebrew club. And, you know... It was just fun, and every week we would usually every it would be either Saturday or Sunday we would meet at Jay's house, and we would either brew or we would bottle, right? And we would bottle, and you know we'd each take home. I guess we would bottle about four. I think we bottled about forty eight beers at a clip at that point. Okay, and uh, we would each take home you know a twelve pack and give another twelve pack out to our friends and other people, and uh, eventually, eventually, I guess we got pretty good, and people started liking it and telling us that we should make it, and. We didn't know, but my um, Jay and I entered uh, a contest at Haley's, but we didn't know that it was only for pro brewers. Okay. <laughs> so we entered the Nut Brown, which you, you have one. I think it's the... Th oh, that's... No, you're missing the Nut Brown. That's why. There you go. That's the one you're missing. So we entered the Northern English Nut Brown, and we we beat out three pro companies <laughs> in, a, in a taste test. They have a... Haley's has a beer senate once right. a month. Okay. And they have like... 20 or 30 beer drinkers they do you know a whole spreadsheet on taste color yep. quality carbonation and we won we, we be, I won't say the three breweries but we beat three real breweries and then uh, three New Jersey breweries or were they from other places no all yeah no not all none of them were from New Jersey in none fact of them New Jersey. Okay. no I think I think at that time New Jersey only had like maybe 10 or 12 breweries so what year about what year are you talking here I guess, uh, well, what is it now? It's 2017? 17, yes. 2017 right now. Maybe like 2012. Okay, okay. Maybe. Yes, I don't even just, know. Right, so just on the cusp of, yes, of, of when, Jersey Yes, exploding. there was definitely nothing around here. Right, okay. Okay. I don't know if even Kane, I don't think Kane and Carton even existed then. I'm not sure. They might have. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, maybe. But they were only five years old. Right. So I yes. think it was more than just five years on ago. The, just on the, the yes. But uh, the we edge. won that, and then uh, we made the double chocolate oatmeal stout one day with my father before Christmas, and it came out so good. He, he said, he was like, literally, he's like, I've been drinking stouts for a long time, this is this is one of the best, if not the best, I've ever had. You guys should really think about. Um, you guys should really think about doing this. Okay. So we got that message from my father, and then uh, we homebrewed up uh, our vanilla porter, which we do have. It'll probably be it'll probably be in cans by the time I think we're canning it October eighth. Okay. So, so by yeah, the time be, this show shows up, it'll be in cans. Yep, it'll be out. But this is our original recipe from Homebrew. Same thing with Nut Brown. They've never we've I mean I don't think we've ever changed anything about them. Just those two. What what yep. happened in the garage? Yep, stayed here. here. Right. And okay. I think the uh, the vanilla porter. The first time we made it, we made it we made it specifically for Jay's dad for something, and we put in. Uh, we put in like half a bottle of uh, Jack Daniels single single barrel. Okay, <sighs> was that good? <laughs> oh, that was delicious. And his father said the same thing to us. So we started thinking about it, and we were joking around, uh, literally sitting in the basement and getting drunk on some scotch. And 
Bill's wife works for an attorney. And so I guess the next week, Bill came down and his wife came down with him and she threw a bunch of paperwork on the desk and said, give me 150 bucks. So you know, uh, Bill, I don't even know if she was his wife. She might have been his fiance at the time. Okay. Might not have even been his wife. No, she wasn't. She was his fiance at the time. Okay. And um, so, you know, we just trusted her and gave her 50 bucks each. And the next week she came back and was like, you guys are a company. There you go. So, Papers to incorporate. Yes. Yeah. So, so Cypress Brewing it was. Was born, born, and, born uh, there. Yeah. So, and you know, we weren't really serious at the time. We were kind of just joking around and like, oh, you know, it would be a cool thing. It would be a great idea. And this was, uh, I guess this was actually about 2013. Okay. <coughs> so uh, we thought it would be a good idea. So uh, one day uh, we had a, we had another another partner who, well, another homebrew partner who forgot to, to get about nine pounds of grain in a homebrew recipe, which is a lot. And uh, so we couldn't brew. And we already had a bunch of, uh, we like to drink scotch during brew days. I don't know why. <laughs> but we'd already had a bunch of scotches. And we thought it would be a good idea, and don't do this at home. We thought it would be a good idea to go searching for, for buildings. Okay. To start the brewery in. So the first one we went to was right down the street um, on, on, on Route 27 in Edison. Okay. And uh, we thought that it was closed there was a sign on the wall that said there was a, a, a sign on the floor okay that said for rent by owner and it was all um, boarded up with the metal with the metal sheets right okay so of course you know like I said we had had some I wasn't driving I won't I won't say who was because I don't want to incriminate anyone <laughs> right right let's keep but, it, uh, um, I decided keep everybody to, out of laws uh, way <laughs> yeah well I decided to lift up the metal Okay. And we, we opened up the place, and we were, like, running into the back door trying to open it. And little did we know, two days later, we find out that that's an active business. They sell sandwiches and stuff. But they just happened to be closed that day. It was, like, a Sunday. <laughs> it was, like, a Sunday at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And they were done And they had closed at noon. And I'm slammed. <laughs> like, I'm running full speed into this person's back door. We opened up all their metal shades. Like, oh, yeah, no. We probably should have been arrested. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> bunch of drunken idiots. It's driving around vandalizing things. And we were like walking around the back of the building, seeing where we would need a fan or, or what we would need, where we would to take deliveries, you know, so so that and was our did that, that become the location no the original location no, no. that okay. was over right next to McDonald's on uh, by McDonald's in Edison okay and uh, <laughs> no so we found out after that that we weren't allowed to be in commercial areas in Edison okay Edison you have to be in an industrial area all right there you go all so right. um so we started looking and uh, we found a place that we thought would be great down on Woodbridge Avenue um, about 100 yards away from the Turnpike and the Parkway entrance. And thank God we did not get the space. Someone got it before us. We never would have able... It was so small. We didn't realize how much space we needed. Right. It was so small, we never would have survived. Right. Okay. Like, I probably would have killed Jason, or Bill would have killed him, one of the two of us, <laughs> because it was just too tight of a space. And we went in there and measured things out and was like, oh, this is how much space we need. And little did we know, we were way, way off on space. Okay. Yeah, we needed about five times what was there. So none of, none of you had any brewery experience beyond home brewing? 
Oh, so, no, no, no. I was at that point the GM of J.J. Biddings. Right, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, right, right, for like right, four okay. years, and Jay had worked there for, okay. he's worked there for ten now, so he had okay. worked there for six or seven at the time. Okay. Well, I see, now how big is J.J. compared to like what you're doing now? I, oh, so J.J. Biddings is a brew pub. It's a brew pub, Okay, right. but they have a ten-barrel brew house, a okay. ten-barrel DME brew house, Okay. and uh, 20 barrel fermenters. Okay, gotcha. So they do produce a decent amount they of beer. They make it. Uh, yes. Yeah. I knew they were a brew pub. It's a, it's a I knew real a brew pub, but I know how. No, their brew house is a real their brew house is a real brew house and okay. it's one of the like original DME systems okay. it's a 20 year old DME system my okay. new system is DME also okay. I'm just trying to put context yes. around you're looking at these spaces you're you know, saying you don't know how much space no, you because, may need well we weren't going to do a brew pub we were just going to do, do a brew. nano okay just a nano okay. Right. Okay. we had we, so and that's when we started ordering the equipment too mm-hmm. we started ordering before we had a building anything because okay. we were like alright well this is just giant homebrew stuff Right. so we'll just order it and if not we'll just use it whatever right Right. Oh. Um, Throw caution to the wind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So one day, Jay calls me up. I'm, I'm going to curse now. Okay. So Jay calls me up, and Jay, Jay likes to fuck with me sometimes. And we had looked at places all the way over in Scotch Plains and Fanwood and down through Sayerville, and Jay calls me up, and he goes, um, hold on, i got to put Bill on three-way. So I'm, all right, I'm waiting. I'm like, what does he want? He's calling me. It's like noon in the. It's like twelve noon. There's no reason to be calling me on my day off. I'm like thinking, you know, assistant manager, or whatever. I'm not thinking beer. Right. And uh, he's like, I found the perfect place. And then so Bill's like, All right, well, where is it? And he goes, Oh, he's like, It's in a place that Charlie's just gonna love. So I'm thinking, we already decided that I was gonna be the brewer. So I already knew that I'm gonna be the one traveling to this place every day. Right. So now I'm thinking, I'm like, I gotta travel to Scotch Plains. I'm like, This fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm like. And he goes, yeah. He's like, it's 30 Nixon Lane. And I'm like, 30 Nixon Lane. He goes, yeah, look it up. Meet me there in an hour. So I'm like, all right. I hang up the phone with him. And I'm like, I say to my girlfriend, I'm like, this son of a bitch picked out the most perfect spot. It's an hour away from here. I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna hate this. I don't want to drive. I don't like commuting. Okay. So I go, I walk out, and like I immediately put my shoes on and walk out the door. And I get in my car, and I put 30 Nixon Lane into my GPS. It's a thousand yards away. <laughs> From where you live. I live around the corner. <laughs> okay. Like literally around the corner. I'm like, wow, this time Jay's not fucking with me. I just cursed him out. <laughs> I just cursed him out for like 10 minutes in my head and five minutes out loud. And he really did pick the perfect spot for me. What, what's, what I find great about that story is it was literally around the corner and you had no idea. No, who it ever was heard of 30 Nixon Lane? <laughs> well, I never even heard of Nixon Lane because so if you, if you come out of my house, you always make a left onto Mill Road. Okay. Back down to 514. Okay, so you okay. never made a right. There's no reason to. It's all industrial. <laughs> right. Why would I go back here? Right, okay. Nothing's for sale back here. So uh, when I, I found out I could walk here in five minutes, I still haven't. I'm lazy. But... Um, <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, and the place, the place fit our needs. Mm-hmm. So that at that time, the the ABC wanted tap rooms to be only twenty five percent of your space. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like an actual rule, but that was like their guideline. That was their guideline. Like, yeah. don't make your tap room more than twenty five percent of your space. And this one came. It had originally been an office in a warehouse. Okay. And it was it was actually like twenty four point nine percent of the space. So we were like, all right, well, this is legally perfect. Like, this is great. It's an industrial section. So we took it. Okay. And that was then what? That was 2013. 2013. That was 2013. Okay. Okay. It took us a year to get our license and get everything set up because all three of us all had jobs. Right. And we built everything from scratch. 
So my 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 father my father passed away about a month into us having the space. Oh, okay, sorry. So he got to yeah. see the building, but he never got to see anything else. Right. So our tap room's dedicated to him, and then our anniversary every year is dedicated to him. Okay, um, which is why it's my last name. Yeah. Okay. So um so we do do a lot there, but um. My mother came and helped us do everything. I mean, like build the floor, we built the bar, we put the tiles in, we. So you're changed. working your day job. Yeah, and then we're walk. coming here at night. And you'd come here at night. Like right. literally at midnight, one o'clock, when I closed biddings, I would come here come and here. work. And same thing with Jay. Right. Or we would do it before work. And Jay was working Rakatina at the time too. So Jay had two jobs. Right, right. So, I mean, it was just, it was, it, it really did. Thank God the ABC took a year because it took us a year too. To do it, right. So. Um, but you built up the sweat equity. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did everything. We did everything that we could. And mm-hmm. we did even more this time around with the expansion. I mean, I laid the concrete. I did the drains. Like, I cut the floor open. We, we've, we've now learned how to do everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm working on a DME system that is top of the line, that is touchscreen, that is beautiful and shiny, and I just spent a buttload of money. I want to show it show off. Show it off, yeah. Okay, and I want people to know the process. And we use, I use only the top-notch ingredients. So I want you to see the ingredients I use. I use grain from Wisconsin. I use hops mostly, mostly, I mean, hops, you know, they come from all over the place, but for the most part, America, mm-hmm. okay? But I specifically use a specific brand out of Wisconsin for my grain, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And I want people to know that this is what, this is what you're getting charged for, right? And this is what this is what you should expect. This is what you should expect to see. I want you to see that the place is neat. I want you to see that my equipment is spotless. I mean, and I want you to see that I have top of the line stuff. This is what's making your beer, right? Okay, along with me, of course, right? But the but I want to show it off. Yeah. So the state making us give the tour is stupid because we want to give the tour sure, anyway. Okay, but we don't want to give the tour to a point where it's annoying, right? When I when if I've been here five nights over Why the course of two you weeks, you have to go. Yeah, you're here you're here in town right. and you're staying at the Ramada okay and this is the this is the local brewery so you come here do you really have to take the tour five days in a row yeah like uh, come on you took it once do you really need the next three nights right. no no well now let's speaking of the beer we've got a flight here tell me about them and uh, I'm gonna drink them all right so the first one <laughs> on your left is uh, the knobbed whelk okay okay nobody ever knows what it is and not even the government because they ask us silly questions every six months okay okay the knobbed whelk is an amber okay and it's our actual shout out to new jersey which is why we think the abc is silly when they send us this question they ask us every six months is your beer made with mollusks the knobbed whelk is new jersey's state seashell <laughs> right Say. Okay. Say. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Okay. We export some 200,000 pounds a day. Okay. But nobody knows what it is unless you're a fifth grader. So if it was, are you smarter than a fifth grader? If it was that show, you probably lose. I would have lost. Yes, <laughs> well, absolutely. No, no. Uh, uh, how about everyone? They're always, and they, they never know what they're like. Can I get the, the, the knob and whelk? What, what is that? <laughs> and it's like, Didn't you, do you live here? Yes. Well, you should know. It's New Jersey State Seashell. But nobody knows. Okay. Yes. So that's our amber. And that's uh, one of our base beers. And that's actually, that's more for our regulars. Mm-hmm. Because we do have people who like to come in here and sit here and have a couple of beers and be mm-hmm. able to drive home. So it's a 5.5 five right. amber ale. It's um, hopped with uh, Centennial and Cascade. Okay. But um, subtly. 
very subtle. I think it's 40 IBUs roughly. Yeah. Um, but it's not supposed to be. It's it's, it's got a, a lot of malt too. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very malty. It's uh, a, a lot of Vienna, uh, a little bit of Munich. I think. Um, I'd make so many beers I can't remember every recipe. You know, it doesn't have to but, be. Uh, we're not gonna write it down. Yeah. No, but um. Yeah, it's one of our base beers, yeah. and it, it, it's exactly what it says it is. It's an amber ale. Yep. And uh, it's it's really it, that's your everyday drinker. And that's that's what's we sell a ton of it here, because all the people who come here, you know, a couple times a week, okay, the, you know, you can't. Well, I can, and some people can, but a, a lot of people can't drink either super hoppy beers or super dark beers or super high ABV beers every day. Right. They need a typical beer, and the amber is exactly it. That's just your everyday beer. You know, it's non-offensive. Nobody's ever, nobody's ever been like, wow, this is terrible. I right. hate this. I got friends of mine who, when you say craft beer, they think immediately super hoppy. 107 IBU yeah, beer. A, a killer IPA yes. that's going to make your lips smack. You know, you're going to be chewing on that thing for an hour. Yes. And when breweries have something that is approachable, that's the type of thing that, you know, yeah. can so get people Yeah, so we've had hooked. that from the start. That was actually one of our original homebrew recipes, although that's been, I think we're on version six on that. So you're tweaking this one. We've done that for, yeah. Yeah. We, we stopped tweaking it at this point, but yes. Yeah, like it's gone through the process. Six times. Okay. Yeah, the next one up, I think, I don't know whether it's nut, it's nut brown or if it's, co if it's Lighthouse, which is a coconut nut brown, but there are two different, one's a Northern English style and the other's American style brown. I don't, I'm not picking up coconut. No, you would. Yeah. You, yeah, so if, you, if you have the coconut one, you'll know it's coconut. I think that one's French toast. Yeah, no, no coconut. Okay, so you don't have the coconut one. So the coconut one is Lighthouse. That's our uh, American brown ale with coconut. Mm -hmm. This one is a real traditional um, brown ale. Okay. Um, I guess if you were in England, you could even call it a, a porter. Right, right. Um, well, it, yeah, from a couple of years ago being there, that's, it took me right there. Yeah, yeah because it's a 4.6, super low ABV beer. Right. And this is, what, this is where I get everybody, because they don't understand that it's dark. It's a dark beer, mm -hmm. okay, because it's a brown ale. And our brown ale is actually very dark, even for a brown ale, mm -hmm. okay, except for the fact that it's light. It's light in alcohol. It's light in taste. taste yeah. It's higher carbonation. Um, well, so that's you what would, people think a dark beer is going to instantly be heavy, the syrupy. Yes. It, and uh, if you pick the right style, it's right, not. It's not. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, listen, I'm like, you don't like dark beer. I'm like, just try it. It's really a light beer. You just don't know it. It just is dark in color. Right. Like, <laughs> I grew up not to be racist. Just taste the damn thing. <laughs> That's very nice. It's, it's yeah. very light. It's, yeah. And it is. It's 4.6. It's mm -hmm. an all-day drinker. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge stout porter fan, okay? But can't drink them all day, mm -hmm. okay? But I can start with a stout or a porter, drink nut browns for a couple of hours, right. and then finish my day with a stout or porter. Right. Yes. So yep. it's a nice... It gives you the. It gives you a quality taste of a dark beer without crushing you on alcohol, crushing you on texture, mouthfeel, and... Uh, without that thick, hearty, dark beer. Yeah, no, that's very nice. Fulfillment. Yep, that is very nice. I could see it, and especially in, this, in the autumn now, in the fall. Yeah. You know, you drink that all day watching football. All day. Yeah. And and, and you can drink it all day, and yeah. you can still walk when you're done. Done, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next up is French Toast Stout. Okay. Okay. Um, so we made it by accident, and it came out. Amazing. 
Mm. So we started doing it. So um, when we got the new system, okay, uh, we're we're a bunch of assholes here. So we thought it would be a good idea. I think it was. Was it even our first? Yeah, it was our first brew. We said, well, we need Naughtier. So Naughtier is actually our highest rated beer. Mm-hmm. It's a barrel aged. Um, it's a barrel aged nine percent imperial oatmeal stout with cocoa, cinnamon, nutmeg, Madagascar vanilla beans, cold brew coffee, um, three different types of hot peppers. You put everything in there. The kitchen sink. <laughs> we, we put literally everything in there, and. Uh, it's the hardest beer that we have to make, but it is, so I like doing the harder beers. It's mm-hmm. more fun. Right. And we got the new system, and you know, typically, typically the smart thing to do would be let's try a blonde. Let's try something that doesn't cost much money. This beer costs us a ton of money. I mean, I use Giardelli Cocoa. I think we put, I think we put like 20 pounds in it. Wow. Okay, so it's, it didn't actually make it to that. Okay. You'll understand why when I tell you. Okay, but I think we put 20, 20 pounds in the amount that we use. Uh, that's expensive. Right, yeah. Plus the vanilla beans and the, all the other things. I use Saigon cinnamon, so everything is expensive. So um, we had gotten, oh, and lactose too. All right. Which is not expensive, but right. it's just one more adjunct one more in there. One more ingredient. Yes, and it's barrel aged <laughs> on top of all that. So uh, the dumb, the dumbass thing to do would be let's make our hardest beer first on the brand new equipment that we've never tried or tested. Right. So and we that's did. What you did. Of course, that's what we did. I love to push things to the limit. Like that's my goal. Last week we actually took. So the new system has been in place for um, since the start of since July first. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're talking two and a half months. Okay. Um, I literally maxed it to capacity. I put the stupidest amount of grain in and did a first runnings only beer. And I mean, I f- literally filled it to the top of it, way beyond where you're even supposed to, <laughs> just to test it because we could. Right. So we go and we make you gotta, this. You got to work it in. You got to yeah. break it in. So, yeah. and I, my, my, I told my mother too, my mom's like, why would you do that? And I was like, because I got to find out some, I got to find out sometime. So why not just learn now? Right. Let's just see. So we ended up, so it's a 20 barrel system and we put, and for all you beer for all you beer nerds out there we put for uh, um, first runnings only beer we put 2,207 pounds of grain in uh, plus 768 gallons of water and it was first runnings only so uh, we have an oversized mash ton that wouldn't fit in a normal 20 barrel mash ton uh, when I told my friend who's a brewer up at NJ Beerco he's like uh, how'd that fit and I was like well it was literally to the top he's like no he's like that shouldn't fit in there I was like yeah I was like well you know it's more like a 30 barrel even though it says it's 20 so as we were making it okay I'm filling it up and I'm filling it up and Jay and I always so usually Jay makes about Jay makes about 80% of the recipes I'd say and then I tweak them mm-hmm. and I make the other 20 and then Jay tweaks them you know it's a nice system to have and um, so this one it's a recipe that we've already had so we just had to scale it up so as I'm doing it I go Jay I'm like this is too much water dude and he's like nah it's what the computer says 
like 10 minutes later, I looked at him, I'm like, dude, I'm like, this is too much water. He's like, you're just not used to it. It's our first one on the big one. You just are saying it because there's so much water going in there because the thing is so big. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. And about a half hour later, I looked at him, I'm like, dude, I'm like, this mash is too loose. I'm like, this isn't, I'm like, I know this, this isn't right. And he's like, dude, he's like, I, he's like, here, look at the numbers, it's right. And I looked at his numbers and I was like, yeah, that's what it says. And sure enough, so we were only making 10 barrels of it, but we put 20 barrels worth of water in because, so we had adjusted it in the computer, okay, but apparently we must have missed the calculation somewhere. So the 9.5% beer came down to Four, five, it came to five. like, it actually came to 5.7 somehow. Okay. But because we were guessing at the efficiency, so, uh, so we made it. And uh, one of our regulars said we should call it third child. So we called it third child. So, but at that point, I had already had, um, I'd already had cinnamon in it and a little bit of the cocoa before I had realized that, oh shit, we fucked up. Right. And uh, so we called it third child because, you know, the third child's usually a mistake. Right, right. Yes. (laughs) And then since it had some uh, cinnamon in it, uh, we took half of it and we're like, well, I mean, it's 5.5, and it's summer. It's it's good for a stout for summer. 5.5 five is a nice summer stout. Uh-huh. So why not? So uh, I added a little bit of uh, organic maple syrup to it. 100% grade A, amber. Delicious. I could drink it out of the jug. Right. Maple syrup. And... Um, I added some of that to it and uh, some of that Saigon cinnamon that I use, a little bit of nutmeg, and uh, I had already had the vanilla beans soaking in bourbon, so they were ready to go. So we threw the uh, the vanilla in there too, and and it came out, and we tasted it and was like, wow, this is French toast. Yeah, it is. And so we called it French toast out, and it was off of the third. It was off of the third child. Child, okay. Okay. And my girlfriend said, well, you know, French toast out is so boring. She's like, you know. We should call it Freedom Toast. Like she's like, they fly. used to call them Freedom, freedom Fries. fries yep. We should call it Freedom Toast. <laughs> so that's its new name is Freedom Toast. There you go. That, yeah, yes. and it was a, it's a very 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 pleasant mistake. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, it's really nice. It's then you you can taste every part of every it. part of it. Yep. yep. It's really nice. All right. And then last but not least. I think you have Cypress Love, which is actually, you weren't supposed to get that, but um, that is our collaboration with uh, Bolero Snort, our good buddy Scott and Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, are, they're like almost a huge part of our company. We're very good friends. We work very well together. Um, we focus, the, the, they're very, very good in the beer community on um, focusing everybody to work as one. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're a big they're a big part of bringing everyone in the beer community together. Right. So okay. um, I think Scott is Scott works very closely with the Brewers Guild, mm-hmm. and um, Bob and Scott. I mean, they go everywhere. They work with everyone. They are gypsy brewers, mm-hmm. so they don't even have a home. Right. So they rely on us. We brew some of their beer for them, um, but uh, for the most part, they are a huge influence on us and our company, and in nothing but a positive way. I mean a they push us very hard mm-hmm. and it's it's very good to have them around so this is our collaboration with them and uh, Cypress Love last year we did it in a bottle 
and it's uh, it's an all Cetra IPA, double mm-hmm. IPA, yep. 8.3%, and we aged it on cypress wood. So last year, we were only doing bottles, and we only did, I think we did four barrels of it, so not much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the wood, it seemed like it was expensive. And then so this time, so Bob calls me up after he ordered the wood, and he goes, uh, look at the bill for the wood. We put $3,000 worth of cypress wood into it. 41 cents a can. Wow. Worth of wood. Wow. Yeah. So there's there's probably that tiny little four ounce glass you're looking at. It's probably like a, a 10. You're looking at 10, 10 cents. cents of wood 10 cents there. just on the wood out right. of that glass. Hmm. So, I mean, and then on top of it, it was all citrus. So obviously the most expensive hop. hop. Yes. So this one is, uh, is distributed once a year. It'll probably be sold out by the time that your uh, show goes on. Right. Which is why I didn't really want you to have it. But whatever it's a delicious next year well it's a delicious beer (laughs) i mean it's crushing it online Mm -hmm. i mean absolutely crushing it i think it's like a 422 on untapped Mm -hmm. and i mean that's after a good amount of a good amount of ratings so i mean people really like it i think it's really good the balance on it it came out exactly how we wanted it it's Um, very nice yeah the citra bitterness is kind of mellowed by the by the the wood it's got a touch of salt to it because the the wood gives off a little bit of a salt flavor Mm -hmm. i think it made it that made the malt there's very little i think i only used uh 20 l in it 20 20 love grain which is a very low malty grain Mm Um, I think that's the highest we used in it. So the malt actually, I think, comes out a little bit more because the hop characteristic is subdued by the wood, which brings the malt out, which makes it as balanced as you could possibly have it. And I think uh, I think everything about that beer came out really well. And our good friends at Ironheart Canning, they're our neighbors. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they came, and this was our first large-scale can. Okay. So, of course, there was 8 million problems that they struggled and worked through. <laughs> but they're... Uh, they're the best. They're the best canning company on the East Coast. Gotcha. Well, these are these are excellent. I'm looking forward to when we shut the microphones off, having more. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Check out Cypress Brewing Company at 30 Nixon Lane in Edison. Their tasting room is open seven days a week, and you can find out more about them at their website, cypressbrewing.com. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about the podcast at our blog at overbeers.beer. Please leave a rating for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also leave a comment at the blog or send me an email. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas about the show at cheers at santefoto.com. You can also follow along on Instagram at santefoto. I'm Freddie Clark, and this has been Over Beers.